We welcome you to the official Titans podcast, better known as the OTP. I'm Mike Keith with Amy Wells. Hello, Mike. Titans Radio's Dave McGinnis. I'm Mike Keith. And Jim White, the great Jim White from TitansOnline.com, senior writer, editor. Welcome. Happy to be here. Glad to have you all. And want to start off uh, this edition of the OTP reminding everyone that Sunday's game with Jacksonville at Nissan Stadium is a 3.05 central time start. Yes. Seems to be important because everybody continues to be shocked by that. It's been on yep. the schedule the whole time, but everybody, <laughs> that's a 3.05 start? Well, I mean, the games with Jacksonville, if they aren't on Thursday night. Which they normally are. Are always at noon. So this throws everybody for a loop. I get it. I understand. But it's at 3.05. Sleep in. Go to church. Have a nice brunch. Then come to the game. Which Do you like 3.05 games? I like them if they're at home. Okay. I do like them if they're at home. I'm not a real fan on the road. Because we get home later. Get home later. Yes, I, I do like them at home. What was our other 305 start? The Charger, Chargers game with 305 start? Yes. Right about yes. that? Yeah, it's funny. It sneaks up on people. I remember leaving here after a Friday practice that week, and I was walking you know, down the practice field with John Glennon, and I said, we'll get to, get to sleep in a little bit uh, you know, tomorrow. And he goes, I mean, on Sunday, he said, that's a late start? He said, yeah. He didn't know it was a late start as a Friday <laughs> before the game. If, and if we did not have that conversation, he might have been at the stadium uh, about five hours early. Yeah, he got in there plenty yeah. of time. So <laughs> it, it, it is good to remind people because I think you just get into a habit of getting there at noon and expecting a noon kickoff, and people need to know. Well, the second half will be played in the dark. Yeah. Because uh, the, the with the time change, I think uh, sundown on Sunday is roughly 4.30. That's so early. What it are is we early. Doing? Well, it's daylight saving. I know, but can we give a little bit more of it up? We don't have to save all of that daylight, do we? I, I mean, that's kind of another podcast, but mm. I, I know we'd like to get people at the stadium early. Maybe we just just don't mention the three just or five start. Just have people just <laughs> have start showing up at you know eleven o'clock, and uh, that'll that'll get them there early. I still say the good thing about three o fives for the Titans has to do with the fact that it gives people from around the region a better chance to get here. It's hard. If you're coming from Knoxville or Memphis, or you're even Chattanooga, which is two hours, uh, Birmingham and, and north of Birmingham, I mean, you have to leave pretty early. And now you, now you don't have to push it quite as much, particularly if your college team, if you're going to see your college team on Saturday, which a lot of people do. A lot of people do the double dip. It's great. It is great. Ugh, that's how you should do it. That, I mean, that, that should be the law, mm-hmm. realistically. Yep. If you love football, you should go see a college game on Saturday and go see a... And a high school game on Friday. A Just high school... go for the three a first. A playoff Friday, game Saturday, on Friday Sunday. night. Yep. It's a beautiful I'm thing. I'm with you. I love it. I'm usually worn out at the end of college football seasons for making a lot of trips. Uh, I've been to... Uh, uh, three Alabama games on Saturday in Tuscaloosa. I've been in Knoxville. I would go to two games in Knoxville this year. Been to South Carolina for a game, and then of course Vandy games in Towns. So I've made the most of my football Saturdays and Sundays. That's a great thing, though, about having a you know a major universities within driving distance, and then a National Football League team right in your backyard. Well, I mean, and it's it's outstanding. And let's face it, too. I mean, it's it's the SEC. And the and the the people in the SEC and in this part of the country are so passionate about football, 
And that's what we always hoped, you know, would be the case with the Titans, this, that that sort of passion would catch on. So when I hear people call the shows or I read your mailbag, and, and even when it's not positive, I think, good, passion. That's, that's what we started out with because I'll tell you something. When we came, my first year with the ball club in 98, we played Vanderbilt. It, it's like nobody – they're like, uh, okay. And, and, I mean, that's the worst thing you can have. Yeah. It's just, nah, nothing. And so I would rather have the passion regardless – because to me, that shows you've got that interest level in that base. No question, no question about it. I mean, and the and, and the Memphis days too. Obviously, Ooh. that was uh, that was rough. That was before my time as far as covering the team. But uh, certainly, I observed from afar and made it down there for one game, and uh, people didn't care down there. You know the famous story about the the last game of the season against Pittsburgh, where it rained, and the whole crowd was Pittsburgh. The story, and I don't know if it's true, but I would give anything to know if it's true. So they were supposed; the team was supposed to play in Memphis for two years. That was the original agreement. The '97 season went poorly, no question about it. That the the attendance wasn't great. The team didn't do a great job in Memphis. I mean, it wasn't a win anywhere. So the last game of the season's against Pittsburgh. The game doesn't matter to the Steelers. It rains. So everybody comes and, and gets a poncho. I don't think it was supposed to rain. Everybody buys a poncho, and <laughs> the poncho color is yellow. Oh, no. And so it appears as though – and, and there are a ton of Steeler fans there, uh, just a ton. But because the ponchos are yellow, it appears that everybody there is a Steeler fan. And so Mr. Adams is apoplectic. He is beside himself. He tells his staff, whatever you have to do, get us out of this deal because I'm not going back there if everybody there. Well, again, it turns out that the ponchos they were selling at the Liberty Bowl Stadium, according to legend, were yellow. <laughs> so Steeler Mr. gold. Mr. So Adams wasn't wearing one of those yellow Mr. ponchos. Mr. Adams was think. not amused. <laughs> no. Yeah. And so wow. we ended up at Vanderbilt for a year and then on to what is now known as Nissan Stadium. By the way, at Nissan Stadium, speaking of jackets, uh, coat drive this week, something that we do well at Nissan Stadium since 2017. More than 1,200 coats have been given to eight local nonprofit organizations who serve individuals in need of a warm coat during winter months. So bring a coat. That's straight from a Jim Wyatt column at TitansOnline.com. There you go. That How was about nice. That? And if uh, if you've got one of those yellow ponchos left over, I'm sure they probably take yeah, that they too. They probably take that as well. <laughs> That's a great cause, though. That's of a course. really cool. Fight. Well, and everybody's got a coat they're not wearing no, anymore. More than yeah. more than one. Yeah. yeah. So help somebody out. All right, Dave McGinnis. Who's the team to beat in the AFC South with six to play? Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis they're, Colts. Been the most consistent through eleven weeks. I mean. And, and here's what they do. They've got, they've got an offensive line that has been performing consistently throughout. And especially at the later stages in these last six weeks of the season, you've got to be able to control the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. They've done that consistently. And so and, until they prove that they're not, they're the, they are the team to beat right now, in my opinion, because of the consistency that they've shown. And also, they've been consistent losing a generational quarterback that never even took the field this season. It's the Colts. All right, so here's what they have remaining. At Houston on Thursday night football this week, then they host the Titans on December 1st, at Tampa Bay on December 8th, 
at New Orleans for Monday Night Football on December the 16th, Carolina at home, and then at Jacksonville. Huh. I mean, that's a pretty tough go the rest of the way. I can see I can see three losses on the road right there and, and you know, hopefully one at home to the Titans as well. Well, yeah, I know one loss I want to see. All right. Amy Wells, who is the team to beat in the AFC South? I said Houston. And I know that they just lost to Baltimore in a fashion that I don't think was fun for them. And they clearly have some issues that they need to get resolved. But Deshaun Watson, time after time after time, we have seen him rise from the ashes like a phoenix and make all kinds of things happen. He is just always someone that you cannot count out in this league. And I think that the Titans have to beat them twice. All right. So Indianapolis, Thursday night football this week, and then New England. Sunday night football on December 1st, Denver at home. So three straight home games for the Houston Texans. Then at Tennessee, at Tampa Bay, and then they conclude with Tennessee at NRG Stadium. So they have four home games remaining, including two of three in the division. So far in the division, they have beaten Jacksonville. They lost at Indianapolis, and then they beat Jacksonville in London. So they are 2-1 and one in the division. Jim Wyatt, who's the team to beat in the AFC South? I'm going Houston as well, and I, I think they beat Indy on Thursday night to get to 7-4. and four. And, uh, and then looking at their schedule, I mean, I get to 9, possibly 10. And the Titans, again, have control their own destiny in this thing. They can, they can mess the whole thing up and, and be the team to beat themselves if you win those games. But I get, I get to 9 or 10 for Houston – and uh, when I look at Indy, I think they get the best they can get to is nine. And that's saying we beat them in two weeks. All right. So, so they're going to be digging Houston, out of six and six, I think. Coach Mack says Indianapolis. Yep. I would say I would go with Houston as well because of the schedule. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just me. But his point, Coach Mack's point, is of all eight units in the AFC South – the, and you look on, at offenses and defenses, the best and most consistent overall group is Indianapolis with their offensive line. You know who we need to be pulling for these last six weeks? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Big, big Bruce Arians fans. Here's the interesting thing about this week's opponent, Jacksonville. They're not out of it. Now, they're four and six. They're two games out of first place. But listen to their schedule. So they play at Tennessee – 3.05 Central Time this Sunday. Then they've got Tampa and the Chargers at home in back-to-back weeks. Hmm. Both very winnable. They go to Oakland, and I, I don't know what I think about Oakland yet. Does anybody have a big thought on Oakland yet? I'll tell you in a couple weeks. That's well, the, oh, come on. That's the that's finale, That's a Jim White answer, Amy Wells. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the finale in Oakland, too. It's the last game in yeah. Oakland. Okay, so that's a tough one. At Atlanta, and again, Atlanta's bizarre. This yep. thing Atlanta's done the last two weeks is... Atlanta's never been without talent. Oh, that, yeah. I don't think anybody thinks they're a bad team. I just think they're a team that's had a bad year. That's exactly right. So, And, and plus, Atlanta's fairly healthy. They are. That's a good point. And then Jacksonville concludes with Indianapolis at home. So, I mean, Jacksonville could win their last six. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, you don't have to have unicorns and rainbows to see that happen. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Can the Titans win their last six? Yes, absolutely can. 
They need to win. They need to win those five AFC games. I know Ooh, that. That's huge. That's what we need to do. Yeah, three and four in the AFC and zero oh and two in the division right now. Really stinging. Just win, win, win this week. Win this week. Yeah, that's the coach in me. That's right. All right, Dave McGinnis. You saw Baltimore this weekend take Houston apart. Is Baltimore the AFC favorite after what you've seen? And because you also saw New England in the preseason, not just for a preseason game, you saw them in camp. You know what they have. You saw them last year. You've seen them for years. You know Bill Belichick. Is Baltimore the AFC favorite? I, I really liked what I saw in Baltimore You know when I did that game this week. I really liked them for this reason. You know, I talked to John Harbaugh before the game, talked to Ozzie Newsom, and I asked them, where is this offense? Because this is a very unique offense in the National Football League. And I, you know, I asked, what is the difference? I asked John Harbaugh, what's the difference? What's Greg Roman doing differently this year that, he's not, that he didn't do last year? They've committed fully to running Lamar Jackson on true option offense. You've got to defend him at every anchor point along the line. A lot of times when you're defending uh, – read option in the National Football League, you're, you're defending a perimeter run. That's what you're defending. You've got to now defend inside quarterback follow option plays. You've got, to, you've got to defend full quarterback sweep plays. You've got to defend true speed option plays. And then you've got to defend read option plays, and you've got to defend load option plays. They, they run the whole gamut of what you have to do. Romero Cornell had two weeks to get ready for it. They had two weeks to get ready for it, and, and, and the Texans' defense against that offense Sunday afternoon up there didn't know whether they were foot or horseback. I mean, they were so out of sync. They had no idea. And here's the other thing about them. Not only is, is Lamar Jackson dynamic running it, everybody else is in sync with it. They run 13 personnel, which is three tights, one wide, one back. It's hard to match up. You've got to decide, how am I going to match up with this personnel-wise? Because every one of their tight ends can split out from the cylinder and run the route tree. They're hand catchers. They can run. They're big combat catchers, but they can get down the field. I was so impressed with them, and I really wanted to watch their defense. Their defense has been playing with a lead all year. They... They, you know, they got rid of a lot of defensive players this mm-hmm. year, and those guys are starting to come together. You know, Wink Martindale now has got them kind of zeroed into what they want to do. But look at the number of snaps that the defense has not played this year because this offense keeps the ball and they end drives with touchdowns. I like Baltimore. Are they the favorite right now? I think so. Yes. I think so too. I think that the only other team that could be close is the Patriots and the Patriots aren't having the commanding wins that we're used to seeing they're uh, they're digging deep and working hard to get the wins that they have and it seems that Baltimore is peaking at exactly the time you want to be peaking you want to start getting hot in late November and here we sit with the Baltimore Ravens being one of the hottest teams in the league I still say it's the Patriots until someone proves me otherwise. And I know Baltimore beat them in Baltimore uh, a couple weeks ago, but I look at New England's schedule or nine and one. I give them two losses down the stretch to finish at thirteen and three. And I look at Baltimore eight and two. I think they can get to twelve, but that would give the Patriots the home field in the playoffs. And I, and I think New England will will find a way to win in Foxborough if that's what it comes to. So I'm still. Sticking with the Patriots until so, uh, again until until somebody surprises me. I'm kind of with you from this standpoint. I, I think the home field thing is going to be big, but I think Belichick having seen them one time already this year is a big deal. 
Well, it, it's a huge deal because he and, and they got, got and they got ropes. Now, I mean, he, he they didn't do much with him, but he is so famous for coming back, and it's just like what what happened here in Nashville last year where the Titans worked him over, you know if we'd have gone and seen him in the playoffs, it would have been something totally different. And it will be for Lamar Jackson coming back. So I kind of go with Jim, but the fact that Baltimore plays Baltimore defense and now they actually have an offense after 20 years of – I mean, you know, Trent Dilfer was the magic man for them in 2000, and they weren't exactly going up and down the field then – uh, Joe Flacco was a good, solid quarterback, but he was by no means Hall of Fame caliber, is not Hall of Fame caliber. But this kid, and he's the number six rusher in the AFC overall. Yeah, and don't mistake it that he's just a running quarterback either. Right. Because his 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 percentage from the cylinder is really good. I watched it in person. That's one reason I wanted to go do that game. I wanted to see it in person. The other thing is, is, is when you prepare for a team like that, it's hard to simulate in practice. Mm-hmm. It's hard to simulate all of that stuff in practice. You you just don't get a real look at it. I I, I believe though, just what you said about about Belichick. If there's anybody that can design something that will throw a wrench in it, it is Bill Belichick, especially with all this time to look at it. Like what he did to the Rams in the Super Bowl, one hundred percent, which true. nobody saw coming, and you believe has continued on into twenty nineteen for Rams opponents in terms of the recipe. Well, yeah, you do just watch tape. You can see it. You can see exactly what they're doing. You know, and, and, and it, it, all, it all had its genesis in what Belichick did in the Super Bowl. Who's the MVP favorite right now? I say Russell Wilson. I mean, I, I think it's between Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. They're both their numbers are incredible. I just can't get past Russell Wilson. 27-37 passing yards, 23 touchdowns. Two interceptions. His rushing yards don't compare to Lamar Jackson. It's probably just a third. But what he's done, and they're both eight and two, he's done it with a, a defense that's ranked 24th in the league. So I, I go with Russell Wilson. I said Lamar Jackson because of the compelling numbers, but also because he is the only reason that offense is able to work the way that it works. I say Lamar Jackson, and I'm going to disagree with my partner here, Amy. It's he's not the only reason that offense works because that offense that offense gives you enough problems. They've got good players on that offense, and that three tight end stuff is is hard. But I still say Lamar Jackson because he is operating at such a high level, and he elevates everybody around him. But would they be able to do? those things if they didn't have someone who possessed so many other attributes? Absolutely not. I say Patrick Mahomes. Really? Because I think they're going to win their last five games. I think he's going to throw 15, 16 touchdown passes. I think some of the other guys' numbers will come back to earth. Even a guy like Dak Prescott, who's thrown for over 3,300 yards and 21 touchdowns and plays for America's team, who's going to be in prime time every week the rest of the season. But I think Mahomes, particularly with the reputation, I think he has a chance to become the first NFL MVP to miss time in a season since Steve McNair in 2003. I think Mahomes will have the numbers that you're talking about. I don't think their defense is good enough to give them the wins. Yeah, but I, I, I disagree because I just think schedule-wise they're about to roll. And looking at their schedule, they got Oakland this week, then at New England. That's the one uh, roadblock there, and then it's Denver, Chicago, and the Chargers. I could definitely see them winning four or five. 
or all five. Because that's not, that's not the type of matchup that New England really wants. I mean, he can – after seeing that kid, I'm a believer. Here's who has to be healthy for Mahomes to do that, though. Tyreek Hill's hamstring. Report this morning, minor. That it's a minor injury. Yeah, they need it to be minor. Yeah, they do. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so uh, a lot of talk that I've uh, seen, heard, and read about the, the uh, pass interference reviews. What a disaster this seems like for the NFL. And uh, every time Al Riveron comes on uh, Twitter or whatever and he's talking about something, it just it's like, boy, it's just not a good look. I mean, the, the whole thing doesn't make sense. Dave McGinnis, I'll ask you first. Do pass interference reviews change any over the final six weeks of the season based on some of this criticism and based on the fact that we're getting into more meaningful games – down the stretch from Thanksgiving on in, and does P.I. review end after the season period? He won't change what he's doing. Okay. I witnessed one in person this weekend. Oh, yes, you did. And it was, it, I mean, if you're not going to call that one, and I haven't seen all of them. There's, you're talking about the Houston one, I'm right? talking about Houston. Hopkins. I'm talking about yeah. Houston wow. with DeAndre Hopkins in the yeah. end zone where he was, I mean, if you're not going to, and, and Bill O'Brien was right. He said, you know, he was right to challenge it. Al Riveron's not going to change it because the league is doesn't want this rule. This was a knee-jerk reaction to what went on in the NFC Championship game. It was hurried through. Coaches don't like it. The, the officiating department clearly is not going to ch- challenge their call on the field with their officials. They're going to back their officials. This thing's one and done. But it won't change over the next six weeks. It just won't do it. There's so much inconsistency. There's so much inconsistency that there's almost no way to change it. I mean, I think what there is is there's consistency in the inconsistency. There you go. This is this is like the bad guy wrestler pulling out the foreign object and hitting the good guy wrestler, (laughs) and everybody can see it but the referee. And and everybody in the crowd's what is this? This is the and 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 that's a good way to describe it. And the bad guy throws his hands up like what? What are you talking about? I I have no idea. And everybody sees it. I'm serious. I, I mean, it, the the Hopkins play, it's like, okay, well, surely they're going to call this. Surely. But it's like everybody's so against it, we can all see it, and yet it's not happening. So why are we even doing it? Well, and I'm with Coach Mack. I think it's gone after this season, especially, and they're going to use some sort of it's taking too much time to go through the whole rigmarole and all of this stuff. I mean, this has been a train wreck from the jump. It's it's not coming back, that's for sure. And some people think that wrestling's fake, too. That's I know, right? To me. <laughs> Who knew that? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, they can't afford – I think they'll keep it the way it is the rest of the season, and uh, I think coaches will will accept that. Uh, you know, it's funny, and I see it on social media all the time. Uh, people always question, well, why isn't Vrabel challenging this? It's obvious interference. And then it's to the point now I saw – was watching the Texans game and saw Hopkins get interfered with. And that was to the point where I saw John McClain tweet out when he lost the challenge, he's stupid for challenging that because mm-hmm. you know you're not going to win. So it's completely changed it. But I still think the NFL is going to keep it in his back pocket. Pardon the pun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's, That's a good one. so good. Uh, I think they're going to keep in their back pocket moving forward just to avoid having a situation like what happened last year in New Orleans where if you really, really have to have it on a play that changes the game completely. And that game, the call against Hopkins changes that game early because Baltimore had been frustrated. They missed a field goal. Houston scores down there early. They jump out to a lead. I don't think that game plays out like it did. But I think in the end-of-game end situation, I think the league is going to want to have it as an option moving forward. I agree with you. I think they're going to keep it where it can be an official review and it cannot be a coach's challenge. Well, that would, that would be changing it then because they – the way it is now, the coaches weren't all in on this anyway. No. And the coaches have been proven right. The other thing about Al Riveron, you say when you, you – it, it's it's not a good listen when he starts trying to explain oh, no. it. Because you you come out of those explanations even more confused than you were going Yeah, in. he's not – that's not what he – I'm sure he's a very capable man and a very smart man. But that's not what he does best. He's not a great explainer. But see, that's that's where the officiating department is missing a Mike Pereira. Oh yeah, and missing a Dean Blandino because whether you agreed with them or not, their explanations—it's kind of like a lawyer in a courtroom. You may not agree with what he's arguing, but if you if what he says makes sense, you start to say, you know what. That makes sense to me. Well, and that PR role for the league is very important. You could argue that PR role is as important, if not more important, than actually being a rules guy. If they put somebody on there to explain, it's like Gene Steratore explaining on TV. I think he does a great job. And the LSU-Alabama game working for CBS on the play with Randy Moss's son about did he reestablish or uh, – the fact that he said he didn't quite know that he didn't he didn't 100% – good for you. Good for you saying I'm just not exactly sure what this is all about because it's, nobody's perfect. I, I think the being able to explain is huge. It's all in the presentation. Right. Well, and, you know, I mean – it. it it's tough with it being all in front of the public this way. And for people, you know, you see the Hopkins play and you're like, that was a mugging. I mean, he just, I mean, there, there's no question he grabbed him. He was riding on his back. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, so from the time you start following football at whatever age you are, that looks like pass interference. Well, I mean, they asked me on the broadcast. They said, you know, was, was that clear and obvious? And I said, of course. He said, you think it'll be changed? I said, no. See, I, I think they've if, – if I'm Roger Goodell, I'm marching down the hall with, you know, my guys and, you know, the people. And, and I'm saying, listen, we've – because I think you lose credibility to a certain extent when you have a play like that and you have a rule in place after what happened in the New Orleans-Los Angeles NFC Championship game. I think it hurts you. But at the same time, this would be – at least the second, if not more times than that, that they have had to say to officials, you're doing this wrong, you need to do it differently. I mean, they About had, the holding with thing? the holding calls and all of that, at what point does that start to erode your credibility that we can't get this right before we even walk through? But, and, and to take your point, I agree with you, except for the fact, do you not think it's been more positively received by the public that the holding calls have decreased after week two and the Thursday night game where the Titans were penalized a total of nine times for 101 yards. Yes, they had to go tell them that 
to make right. them do it. But as the, the public doesn't go back and say, well, they had to go tell them. They're just happy they're not having it's to live done. with all the holding costs. Yeah, let's go, yeah. let's remember about the holding, though. Okay. When we all attended the officials' meetings in training camp. Okay. What was the point of emphasis that they wanted? Holding. Holding. Exactly. So they announced that they were going to make it a point of emphasis, Mm -hmm. and then they came back and said, don't emphasize it that much. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's exactly what happened. You can make changes. You can make changes, but you have to be consistent with your changes. The thing that's happened with this pass interference thing, they're getting what they want because coaches are going to quit challenging it because uh, losing a timeout – is more important than maybe convincing Al Riveron in New York to overturn it. Interesting. Well, Mac thinks highly of officials anyway, so. Well, no, I, I, I respect the work. I do. But I also respect competency. Right. And that's what we're not seeing. Well, and, and here's the other thing. Why didn't those guys call it on the field? That is 100% correct. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Because they are, we, we don't. Even, now we're getting into the officials. They're all paralyzed. Right. They're paralyzed right now. I mean, they they don't know whether it's pumped or stuffed right now because they <laughs> they're having a hard time. Well, I think they're paralyzed. I mean, I think how they've got games being called anyway is something that's troubling because I think there's so much on them. It's just like what happened at the end of the Chargers-Titans game. They didn't make a call. Did not make one call. They didn't make a signal. And I think they're all terrified to do that because they know if they get it wrong, they're not going to get to work the playoffs. Don't get it wrong. Well, I know, but but the whole thing is call the game. And And if you're wrong, you're wrong. Life goes on and you justify why you were wrong. But... I mean, we're sitting in the booth doing the broadcast, and we can't tell people what's happening because nobody will signal anything. And the crowd in the stadium's all that. Uh, listen, that's not good for the game, right? No, but yeah, that was that was bizarre at the end of that one. But uh, I'm with you in the fact I think they're afraid to make a mistake. I mean, I, and I think that's showing up every Sunday. And see, you can't, you cannot do that in the National Football League. You can't coach scared. You can't play scared. And you sure can't officiate scared. And that's what's happening. Does anybody in this group believe we should just do away with replay totally right now? No, I do not believe that. No. I don't either. Okay. Did you get, let me, that's let been let me, brought up again. Yeah, but let me say this. You don't you, you talking about the Charger game? Replay? Save our the line, life. Look, <laughs> win Titans. That's right. And it was the right call. Mm-hmm. Every time it was the right call. Okay. Confirmed by replay. Time for What's Brewing, brought to you by the Great Taste Plant-Based Beyond Sausage Sandwich from Dunkin' Donuts. It's here with 10 grams of Beyond Sausage Plant-Based Protein in between a toasted English muffin and delicious egg and cheese. Dunkin' has created a brand new way to start your day so you can add a plant-based boost to your morning. America runs on Dunkin'. Dunkin's a good deal. Dunkin' is a good deal. Yeah, it is. Amy Wells. What's brewing with you? The definitive answer on what has been plaguing me for weeks since Mike Keith brought it up. Will Rob Gronkowski come back this season? It never occurred in my brain as an option, so I started to panic. He puts on social media that he is hosting this big music festival extravaganza in Miami. When? Super Bowl week. He's not coming back. 
You're wrong. Why? It's not till November 30th that he has to declare, and he's come back out again and acted like that's but he not said a- he, w- he said he wouldn't come back yeah. this year. He said it. I read it on ESPN. Uh-huh. Mike Keith, I feel so good about this. Ten days, what was that? Amy Quit Wells. Ruining. Ten more days. I'm pulling You've up the article right now. Was that, guys, was that the, please let her Was that the fire festival? Her what was the festival that never got off the ground? That was the, the fire the festival. Fire, this is going to be like the fire festival. <laughs> it may, but it may yeah. get off the ground. I mean, if he decides to come, I promise you. I'm looking. I'm looking up what I know. He has to to declare by November 30th, Amy Wells. By November 30th, he's got 10 days. Please let her look it up. This feels definitive to me. Because she and I had. He danced with the Laker girls. He sure did. And he did well. He was pretty good. He's pretty good. Amy Wells and I already had a little set, too, before we got on the the headsets this morning. I'm all fired up. She is. And so. I get that. So, okay, while we wait on this, Jim Wyatt, what's brewing with you? What's brewing with me is what's going to happen with Tua. Uh, you know, is he still a top three pick? Uh, is, does he slide potentially into the teens where a team like the Titans would have an option? Can this, could a team like the Titans or any other team afford to wait a year to see if he gets healthy? And the other one, which I think is highly doubtful, is there any scenario where he goes back to Alabama and proves himself uh, for one more season and then elevates his draft stock again. That's right. brewing in my mind. All right, so Tua is brewing. She's got her hand up. Mom. All right, Amy Wells wants to go back and have another turn. <clears throat> it's like Headline. 15 minutes of extra testimony. <laughs> Headline. Yes. As of November 19th, Rob Gronkowski won't say never on a return, but not in 2019. Who says that? He has no plans to do so in 2019. Well, who but did he Rob say that? Rob Gronkowski. What's the quote? I wouldn't say never coming back. I'm 30 years old. I'm young. I can still stay fit, still watch the game whenever I can, still enjoy it. I'm feeling good. But you know, one year off could possibly be the case or maybe two years off, man. Yeah, man. I'm never stressed out I about don't, it. I don't think anything is ever with Rob Gronkowski. Can I just okay. say this, Amy? With Ten a, days. And, and I like I like your passion with this. He said he wasn't coming back in 2019. The Super Bowl's in 2020. <laughs> and she's throwing a pin at me. Okay. Y'all are ridiculous. Here we go. I'm right. He will be on Grunk Beach. All right. Dave McGinnis. Field goal percentage in 2019. The National Football League's the least consistent in the last six years. Okay. Why? Five seasons prior. Oh, I'm not telling you why. Okay. Five seasons prior to this, the rate for field goals has been 84 to 85%. Through 11 weeks, the NFL is the worst in 16 years. This season, it's 79.7. 2003 was the last time it was less than 80%. That was 79.2. Last five years, 84%, 84 84.5, 84.2, 84.3, 84.7. Now, 5% drop with something that consistent for five years, that's significant. That's what's brewing with the kickers. Do you have a theory as to why? Yeah, they're missing them. <laughs> it's not a theory. My theory is the the extra points being a longer distance has added just more stress to their game. You know, what there's something to, to that. Yeah, what used to be automatic and not even think about now they add that to the to the game, and I think it is wearing on them. And the other thing too is the kickoffs, because there is such a premium on putting the ball through the end zone. Your technique when you kick off is not the same as when you do your placements. And so they get a lot of these young guys with bigger legs who maybe aren't as technically precise, 
because they want to have the ability to kick the ball through the end zone. The issue is, though, you're having some of your veteran dudes miss. Now. I know. And it's, it, it's interesting. And, again, I, I, don't have a, I don't have a theory. All I know is, is that it used to be, well, the last five years. I mean, 85% is a pretty good percentage mm-hmm. when yeah. you're out there on the field. Now, as a coach now, when you put them out there, this is league-wide. You're not quite sure. What's brewing with me is that Jalen Ramsey is not getting ready to play the Tennessee Titans. He's getting ready to play the Baltimore Ravens because he is a member of the Los Angeles Rams. How unusual is it that the Smyrna native will not be back here as we are used to seeing him, hearing him, and having him part of every Titans-Jaguars matchup as an interesting side note to the buildup, but then obviously a big point in the ball game because he's one of the best players in the NFL. He's playing really well. Out he's there playing too. very well. And to Jalen Ramsey, I say, we love you. We won't miss you this weekend. I know Jacksonville still has a fantastic defense, but it will be good to not see Jalen Ramsey in Teal this weekend at Nissan Stadium. I say good riddance. I like well, not good I like, riddance. I like no. what's brewing. What's brewing by Duncan, our friends? And will we see Calais Campbell this weekend? I think there's some questions about him as far as the practice as the practice week starts. Um, doesn't sound like he's practicing today. Might might not hurt if he took the week off. Maybe Titans he got ha- to hang Titans out with Jalen in L.A. Well against Calais Campbell. Yeah. No doubt about it. Jim White, how do people follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Jay Wyatt Sports on Twitter and Instagram. At Titans Amy, A-M-I-E. And you can follow Dave McGinnis and myself and Amy Wells and Jim White on Titans Radio this Sunday. Again, games at 3.05 Central. Airtime for Titans Radio is 2 o'clock. Fans attending Sunday's game at Nissan Stadium encouraged to donate new or gently used coats or jackets for local homeless and domestic violence shelters. Volunteers will be accepting donations outside Nissan Stadium Two hours prior to kickoff, that means roughly 1 o'clock central time. And also want to make sure you know tickets are still available for this game. Titansonline.com slash tickets. Uh, It's going to be a rock fight. It's Titans-Jacksonville. It's always a rock fight, right? Look, this is the last six weeks of the season. I mean, it's every game, especially for the Titans right now, I mean, it's put your cleats in the ground. You need to win them. Think Derrick Henry's a little motivated for this one? I th- would think so, and I have a feeling he's going to get tired of answering the questions about last year's game against the Jags at home, like just like the first year's matchup. I mean, he's cut, he, you know, he picked up steam against Kansas City, going for 188. This is a defense in Jacksonville that struggled to stop the run. I think you got to you got to pound it. The number everyone wants to stay away from in this game is nine Titans. Nine penalties for 101 in the matchup back in September allowed nine quarterback sacks. And last weekend in taking on Indianapolis, Jacksonville, 49 pass attempts, dropbacks, if you will. They had 47 passes and two sacks allowed, just nine rushes. Hmm. Jacksonville does not want to have a 49-9 to ratio against Tennessee this weekend. That's not their formula. No. And Nick Foles, you, you coached Nick Foles, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Nick Foles was with us. I mean, Nick Foles had a magical run at, at, at Philly. And we've talked about this before. I mean, Gardner Minshew was a gunslinger, mm-hmm. and he was a he was a, a loose cannon. Nick Foles, it's a little harder to fool Nick Foles with what you do back there. He's seen it all. Smart guy, can really manage an offense. We're going to have to work to uh, 
get him confused. Garner Minshew against Marcus Mariota the first time. This time, Ryan Tannehill against Nick Foles. So a complete quarterback flip in the space of a little over two months. For Jim White, Amy Wells, and also Coach Dave McGinnis, Mike Keith says thank you for joining us for this week's edition of The O-T-P. Peace.